This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. After much elaboration, imagination, and procrastination, I'm back with another episode. Back, back again, baby. Good to be back on the mic. Well, I'm doing this episode on a Sunday afternoon with Italy versus England on for the Euro Cup Finals. And arguably, England maybe shouldn't be here. Because against Denmark, Sterling, Sterling played with Man City. You know he is. If you you watch any type of international football or soccer, whatever you want to call it, he... He got fouled in the box and for a penalty. But the thing is, though, if you look at the replay, it doesn't look like he got touched that much. I've seen, I don't know, I've seen more contact not get called for a penalty than that. So I was like, it just it just makes the, the sport look bad. And I was like, this is just as bad as the NBA with all the flopping and stuff. But, you know, people know that, though. People know that there's a lot of flopping in soccer. Like, we, we already know that. <laughs> that just that just proved it. So, a questionable penalty call. And to be honest, the goalkeeper from Denmark blocked Terry Kane's penalty kick. But, unfortunately, he got the rebound. And that was it. You know, they advanced. They advanced to, to play in this game against Italy. And it's 1-1. And... I don't know what's going to happen. And by the way, <clears throat> that goal against Denmark happened in, in extra time. This game right here is probably going extra time. And it's probably going to go to penalty kicks. They're going hard. I don't think it's going to be some miracle goal. I, I don't think so. I will right, we'll see, though. I, I could be wrong. You know, I, I thought England and Denmark was heading to penalty kicks. And then that foul happened. I will see. I didn't think I'd start off the show with soccer, but there you go. There you go. Oh, man. I got to turn on my notes again. (laughs) All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, so I got to start off this episode by talking about the SB's best team results. So, episode 99, I ranked all the teams, one through seven, and... What I came up with was Sooner Softball number one because they broke a hell of a lot of records. They led, they led the country in every offensive category you can think of, and they're just one of the best softball teams ever. I would love to see them go back in time and play against '94 Arizona, and you know my my girl Jenny Dalton Hill. I, I would love to see her and. Jocelyn Allo face off. That would be fun. You know, or maybe I can do a hypothetical game of the episode on that. You know what? That's going to be the hypothetical game of the episode for episode 102. I just got to figure out, you know, how I'm going to do that. <laughs> uh, and try to not be biased. That's going to be tough. But anyway, best team rankings. Sooner softball number one. Alabama football number two. Baylor basketball number three, Seattle Storm number four, Dodgers number five, Stanford Cardinal women basketball number six, and Tampa Bay Bucks number seven. That was how I ranked the ES, the ESPYs best team nominees. And guess who won? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which lets me know the fans that voted on this are casuals. Like, Sports fans are just full of casuals. Because you got to be kidding me. They're clearly the worst team on this list. And if you look at the Twitter reaction to it, there are some people that know that Tampa Bay had no business winning this award. They were a wild card team that squeaked by the Washington football team who they was way better than. They... They got blown out by the Saints twice, and then 
needed a strong second half to beat them by a measly 10 points. They should have lost to Green Bay. I'm glad they beat Green Bay, but they, they should have lost to Green Bay. And then they had that Super Bowl performance, which was you can't take anything away from them for that. I don't care if the tackles were out or what. They played outstanding. So, yeah, all these other teams, they dominated. Like, they dominated. They didn't struggle like the Buccaneers, and they all won their divisions. They all won their division. They all won their conferences. Like, they blew everybody out. <laughs> Except maybe one or two games. Well, in Alabama's case, they literally blew everybody out. None of their games were close. I thought they were going to win it, but instead they were just the final finalists. Casuals. Casuals everywhere. And it's kind of annoying. Because <laughs> I don't even think Baylor basketball was a, a finalist. I don't know what how the results came out. But what's the name end up winning. The Bucks end up winning. You know why they end up winning? Because Tom Brady is the GOAT. Tom Brady is so great that he elevated he elevated his team to an award they don't even deserve. That's how great Tom Brady is. So don't forget that Tom Brady is the GOAT. One of the inspirations of the GOAT level brand. So, I mean, he's that nice that, you know, the awards keep coming. The accolades keep coming just because he decided to sign up with that team. They go from not making the playoffs the year before in a million turnovers to, yeah, they didn't win their division, but they not they made the playoffs. And went all the way to the Super Bowl. And they got another Super Bowl trophy. Had an epic parade. And who? everyone got paid. And they're, they're running it back. And now they got an ESPY award. I mean, an ESPY award. Uh, they probably could care less. But they got it. But come on. OU softball was clearly the best team. The girls that went there knew it. Which, by the way... Uh, Giselle Juarez was looking really good. <laughs> she looked real good at the ESPYs. That little pic she took before the makeup and the and the and the dress looked good. And that yellow shirt, no, nah, she was looking real. I was like, damn, G. I was like, she, she came out of that uniform looking real good. And you know, uh, Shannon Shell with the with the tattoos. Jocelyn Olo always looked good. Uh, them girls was looking good out there in New York. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's hard to not to notice. But it was all for not. Hey, at least it was experience. They got to meet a bunch of celebrities. They got to dress up real nice, take some pictures. I'm sure they still like their trip to New York, but they were the, clearly the best team. And no matter what, we loved them in Sooner Nation. And, and even the softball community will always consider them one of the best teams ever. Even though they struggled in the College World Series, they're still one of the greatest teams ever. So, there you go. But the SB best team ranking is capped. Well, SB best team results are capped. Big time capped. What were they thinking? Oh, my God. Dog, before I talk about the NBA playoffs, I'm going to skip over it for a little bit. The Washington sitcom and Daniel Snyder. The thing is, man, this Daniel Snyder thing, they talked about it for like weeks. I'm talking about 106.7 The Fan. They probably talked about it a little bit on TV. It. This is the curse of listening to DC Sports Talk Radio. Their main their main priority is the Washington football team. That's what they care the most about. That's my least favorite team in DC. So I got to listen to all this because 
most of the time I like listening to sports radio and sometimes I'll listen to some hip hop or some gospel, but most of the time listening to sports radio and most of the time these guys are talking about the Washington football team, even in the off season, this team is not all that good. I mean, come on. Sometimes, okay, sometimes they'll have some bit of mindfulness like Grant and Danny just said it not too long ago that we can't get too excited. We were just seven and nine and won a division that was down. So they they know and they know they gotta play all them really good quarterbacks. So I wouldn't hype them up too much. And you got Ryan Fitzpatrick as your projected starter. The most inconsistent quarterback I've ever seen. It's like me in basketball. And also, behind him, you got two injury-prone, barely-proven NFL quarterbacks. I'm supposed to be afraid of that? The defense is like, I mean, you can game plan and neutralize that defensive line or at least slow them down. With a good game plan and a decent O-line, you can kind of negate that defensive line's impact. I saw it happen against Tampa Bay. I saw it happen against Cleveland. I saw it happen against Arizona. It's not impossible. But the main reason why I'm talking about them right now is this Daniel Snyder thing where, you know, they they, they did this whole process where they were investigating the stuff he did with the cheerleaders and you know, doing some inappropriate things with them, um, <laughs> harassing them and making them meet with partners and strip naked, stuff like that. I, I, I'm not too clear on the specifics. And also the workplace environment over the years. I know that's a fact. That's one of the things they were investigating. And all that came out of this was a $10 million fine and a de facto suspension for Daniel Snyder. All he did was make his wife the CEO. That's a chess move. That just lets me know that Daniel Snyder is inevitable. He's unstoppable. You can't beat him. You ain't going to make him sell this team. He's going to have the team as long as he wants. As long as he wants. And if he passes away, he going he might even he might even, you know, pass it down to his wife or his son. So, he ain't going nowhere. You can't beat him. Yeah, I mean, you tried. I mean, no. I don't really. I mean, with Daniel Snyder, I I I don't know. I'm not going to say I don't like him. He's just part of the the sitcom. Like, he's part of the reason why the Washington football team has been a joke for most of my life. So, he's just part of the running joke. I don't really take him that seriously. Now, people with more knowledge of what he does and what he has done in the past, the little bit I've heard is pretty bad. But I still don't really know him personally, so I can't really sit up here and say that I know the man and make judgments, man. I just know that he just part of the the fucking sitcom machine. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all I know. But yeah, uh, what am I doing here? <laughs> but yeah. It's just tough listening to Washington sitcom news and also... The Daniel Snyder thing was a joke and he made a chess move and basically he probably is going to be running the team anyway because his wife is a CEO. Great job. Great job, guys. Your investigation did nothing. Did nothing significant. It's a joke. <laughs> oh, man. Sakari, Sakari Richardson is a... 100-meter sprinter. And um, 
she got banned from the Olympics because of marijuana. You know, in the United States, marijuana is big here. It's pretty much accepted. No one has a problem with it, really. Everyone believes it's harmless. So it was big outrage when she got banned from it because it, it seems like the IOC rules are archaic and outdated. I'm just saying, like, with that marijuana suspension, we tried to get her on the 4 by one team, but can't do that because the suspension ends... I guess right before the four by one relay starts. Well, I will say uh, Emmanuel Acho from Speak for Yourself FS1. He said the way he was talking about it is like the USA gonna be fine because they got a ton of really good sprinters who are black women and they don't really need Sakari. That's how he was talking about it but it's a shame though man uh it's a lot of rules are rules and it's a lot of outrage because it's it's weed it's no big deal so anything pertaining to weed and the punishment for weed is gonna be a problem and it's gonna be have pushback because of how we view it in the united states but then there's people, the rules are rules, people. Like, it's just, yeah, we get it, we get it. Rules are rules, and she knew what to do. And to Sakari's credit, she uh, took responsibility for it. And, well, it seemed like she's young enough. So she'll be back. She'll be back next Olympics and hope and pray that she can just go a good few months to a year without smoking any weed so she can run in the next Olympics. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's just a shame. I we all wanted to see her after her uh after her great hundred meter performance to qualify for the Olympics. We all wanted to see her. Alright, uh Washington Nationals. See the Washington Nationals Get on my nerves. <laughs> Washington Nationals get on my nerves. Like, they won all those games from June 12th to July 1st. And then they played the Dodgers. We knew that was going to be a test, but they had been playing so well. I was like, we can at least get a split. Man, they lost all four games. And I was at the last game. And the last game really sucked because, listen, Trevor Bauer just got suspended like a few days prior. So I knew he was going to miss the game. And his suspension got extended. So I knew he wasn't going to play. I knew they were going to start somebody from the bullpen. And that's exactly what they did. And we were doing all right at first. Man, the bullpen shut the Nationals down. To be honest, though, I looked, I took one good look at that lineup. And I was like, I don't really like this lineup. We had no Swarber. He's hurt. He's still hurt. That's the key thing in this losing streak. See, Kyle Swarber's out. And he's been out this entire time. During this stretch of games where... um. The Nationals have lost 8 of 10, and they're playing right now as I speak. They're playing the Giants, and I'm, I'm going to check on this. But seriously, they, they get on my nerves. Like, they played this good three-week stretch of baseball, and we just undid it. Like, right after we blew out the Rays that Tuesday, we were two games behind the Mets. It looked like we were going to catch them. And then... Turner gets hurt, Swarber gets hurt, and see, even right now, we're down 3-0 to the Giants, and they got people on second and third. Like, and to be honest, Eric Freddy's on the mound, he's okay. 
But to be honest, they might just go up. Oh, he just struck somebody out. They still might score two more runs. So it's like, man, this team, man. And then, okay, you get swept by the uh, Dodgers. They came out swinging against the Padres. And they gave them this work. They got up 5 nothing in that game. Then let them come back to tie it up 5-5. Then I just turned it off because they were, they were pissing me off. But we scored two more runs and the bullpen shut the door. Got that win. The next game... Same thing. We got off to an early lead. They came back, but this time we didn't have any offense at the end. We lost that game. Okay, 1-1. That's fine. The next game, they just straight up put the hammer down. They got up 8-0, 9-0, and they just didn't look back. The Padres got some measly home run, but at some point, the, the Nationals was up 14-2. They just pounded them. They pounded them. 15 to 5. So I'm thinking, oh, we got this series. We're going to win game four. We're going to go back to D.C. Or we're going to go to San Francisco, which they at where they're at now. And I was like, cool. We're going to take three or four from the Padres. This is a top five team in the league. I'll take it. This thing, damn bases are loaded. He, he damn bases are loaded. You gotta be kidding me. But um, then the heartbreaker came. That fourth game got up eight nothing. I thought it was gonna be like the night before, where we gonna win like fifteen to five or fifteen to two. In one inning, our lead went from eight nothing to eight seven, cause we gonna give up a home run to a pitcher. Damn! See, when this happened the first time this year, see, that guy was a starting pitcher, and he had some power, and he at least had some hits. This guy never had a hit before. And he hit a grand slam against Matt Scherzer, supposed to be one of the best pitchers in the league, and definitely our ace. But he gives up a grand slam to a pitcher. You have got to be kidding me. And then the offense, the offense, see, we could have we could have corrected this. The way we were getting on base and Turner had two home runs at that point, like, we would have been fine. But then the offense shut down. One hit. We're going against their bullpen. One hit after that? Bro, this team is annoying. And don't even get me started on this Giants series. Like, Okay, we have a chance to win right after that heartbreaking game. We got a chance to beat the Giants in San Francisco. Choke. We got the bases loaded. It's 5-3. to three. But see, unlike teams that play against us who they have scored, what, 80 runs with the bases loaded against us compared to our 45 in the same situation, I got that from the radio. I, I, <laughs> I don't have any stats for me. There, I got that from the radio. Um, and we've given up nine grand slams with the bases loaded. We got in that situation. Bases loaded for us. We ground out into a double play. And we don't do anything else after that. No hits after that. And we lose that game. Then we lose 10-4 yesterday. Now we're down 3-0. We had the, the Giants had the bases loaded. I thought they were going to give up another grand slam. But thank God they did not. Eric Fetty did what he was supposed to do and shut them down. But we're still down 3-0. And it looks like we're going to get swept by the goddamn Giants, who we had no problem with in D.C., but they stole two games and walked out of D.C. with a split. This is annoying. Um, We pretty much come back down to earth. I don't know if it's because um, we don't have Schwarber and we inserted Rado Parra. Outside of the Baby Shark walk-up music, 
Gerardo Parra is just barely a big leader. Big, big leaguer. Barely a big leaguer. I'm just keeping it real. And people know this. We're probably going to lose today. Who am I kidding? We're probably going to lose today. We're probably going to lose today. So that's a sweep. And that would be nine losses in our last 11 games. What a joke. And then, oh, oh, no rest, no rest. Right after the All-Star break, we got the Phillies. No, not the Phillies, the Padres. Right after the All-Star break, we got the Padres. And I'm going to be at the Saturday game. I got my ticket already. I just hope the weather holds up. And I hope they stay on their same rotation, which means it will be Scherzer. It'll be Scherzer versus the Padres. Time for revenge. Time to get that game back. And I can't wait. Hopefully the weather holds up. Hopefully the weather holds up. Because I'm trying to see a no-hitter. It, the way that happened and the, the way Scherzer had his worst inning of the season, oh, someone has to pay for that. And perfect. His next start is against the Padres. They're going to have to get this work because they forgot who daddy is. In the words of Baker Mayfield, they forgot who daddy is. And so he's going to have to spank him that day. I'm telling you. I mean, the Nationals are frustrating. They're trying to hold it together. I mean, at least, at least, um, what is this guy's name? Stalin Castro. At least Stalin Castro has a hitting streak. That is great because we're worried about his offense. But other than that, they're frustrating and they're sliding and the Mets are separating. This is not good. A shout out to um, Ronald Acuna Jr. who tore his ACL. It's so sad, man. Uh, the Braves were struggling. They've been struggling all year. And now they lose arguably their best player. And it's just tough, man. I just I feel so bad for him and Braves fans. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it just sucks for them, man. But the show must go on and we got to... We got to make sure they don't catch us and we got to like get ahead of them and stay ahead of them so they don't catch up. All right. All right. Now I'm ready to talk about the NBA playoffs. So, <laughs> oh man. Okay. The last time I was, the last time I was on this mic, I think the Suns closed out the Clippers. And I ended up watching that game at MGM. Instead of the Hawks and Bucks at MGM, I watched the Clippers and Suns game six at MGM. But I only watched half of it. I ate my food. I just was kind of uncomfortable at that bar seat. And I kind of wanted to get home and get ahead of time. So I left at halftime and I watched the rest of the game at the house. It was a joke. It was a blowout. The Suns were just too much, and Chris Paul had a legendary performance. One that we will never forget, and it's one that you have to talk about when discussing CP3 because it was just an all-timer. He had 41 points, I believe. Just incredible. And just the reaction after that is a long time coming. You know, it reminds me of Ovi and... 2018, when he finally broke through and got to that conference finals and then the finals and then he won the cup, he went ham and partied hard. I feel like the same thing's going to happen with Chris Ball and the Hawks, the Hawks choked. Um, I knew when Giannis and Trey Young were out, it was going to tell us a lot about what team was the deepest. It turned out to be the Bucks. They dominated game five. The Hawks made a little bit of a comeback, but it didn't matter. Game six, Trey Young tried to come back, but he wasn't himself and didn't play that well. 
He shot terribly. So it's Bucks and Suns in the finals. I watched the first two games, and the Suns just clearly looked like the better team. I don't know where this Middleton that that was putting up 20 points in a single quarter against the Hawks in game three and in game six. I don't know where he went. But honestly, okay, okay. He had a really good third quarter against the Suns. Or was it the fourth? But it didn't matter because they couldn't stop Booker. They couldn't stop Chris Paul. It's just the Suns have just been better. Like, the game was close in game one until the third quarter. The Suns went up 20, and they didn't look back. And then they pretty much had the lead the entire game in game two. Even though Giannis, who I can't even tell that he's hurt. I cannot. Outside of the occasional grimace, I cannot tell that Giannis is hurt. He is balling out. He had about 30 and 10 in the first game, and then he came back with 42 and 12. He just need help. What? All these guys that were killing the Hawks, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, and Middleton, I don't know what they doing in this series. Well, at least, I, okay, Middleton showed up in the first game. I'll give you that. But it wasn't enough. I don't know what these other guys are doing. I knew it was going to be a tougher matchup for the Bucs because the Suns are just a better defensive team and can match up better on both ends of the floor against the Bucs. And I heard not too long ago that the Suns are 7-1 against the Bucs. It's like against it's like the Bucs against the Hawks. The Bucs were 11-2 against the Hawks the last three or four years. The Suns are... About the same time frame are seven and one against the Bucks. So it's just it's a matchup thing. It's a matchup thing. But the Suns just have really good perimeter defenders. So they can't stop Giannis, but they do well against everybody else because all the perimeter defense. But in turn, the Bucks can't stop Booker. There you go. That's the matchup. That's the matchup problem. But at the end of the day, the way things are going, I wouldn't count out the Bucks yet. They've been down 2-0 before, even though Kyrie got hurt and James Harden was just not himself. They still came back in that series. They lost game one at home to the Hawks, and they came back and won that series, even with Giannis coming out. So they... Being out, even with Giannis being hurt and not playing, they still balled out and won the series in six. So they faced adversities. They can come back. and they coming back to the crib? I wouldn't count them out. And I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they win the next two games. Make it 2-2. Now, if they make it 2-2, I don't think they'll win another game after that. I got Suns in six. Originally, I had Suns in seven. I think it still won't be Suns in six. If they somehow sweep this, oh, man. What a waste of time this finals would have been. Man. Hey, this England and Italy game right now is so physical, so intense. It's incredible. (laughs) All right, man. Some quick takes. Some quick takes. Okay, CWS, Mississippi State destroyed Vanderbilt. No one saw it coming. Everyone was against Vanderbilt because they got to the championship because NC State had a COVID issue. NC State had been the hottest team. The lowest ranked seed, they were the hottest team in the tournament, and everyone believes that they would have been in a championship and might have won it all. I even heard rumors of NC State claiming themselves the real national champions. Let's not get UCF crazy here. But <laughs> that's what they were rumored to doing. It What could have been? But there's no promises they would have won, especially with two MLB arms uh, 
leader and rocker, Kumar Rocker. <laughs> Kumar Rocker got a, re- a reference in the show All American. Now I thought that was pretty cool. But seriously though, uh, leader and rocker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their top ten picks, leader. In the latest mock draft I've seen, leader's supposed to go number two, and rocker's supposed to go like seven or eight. They're top ten. They're big time prospects. Man, Mississippi State. Okay, okay. In game one, leader pitched, and well, Mississippi State didn't do that well against him. Leader. Leader was pretty good against them. Had eight strikeouts, only gave up two runs. That's a solid performance. They won game one, and we just thought, we just thought, we all thought that Vanderbilt was just going to run away with this. They had the most talent. They're one of the best teams. They're a dynasty. They're NCAA baseball dynasty. But Mississippi State just destroyed them after that. 13-2 in game two. 9-0 in game three. Listen. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt only scored two runs in the last two games. They had nine runs the entire three-game series. Seven of them runs came in the first inning of game one. Complete domination from Mississippi State. They had Dak Prescott in the stands watching. Maybe that was their good luck charm because they went absolutely ham. In the country... I guess some sports fans were satisfied because they were worried about Vanderbilt getting a Mickey Mouse title. Well, they got blown off the face of the earth, even with Rocker on the mound. I mean, game three, Kumar Rocker should have been money. Four innings pitch, six hits, five runs, four earned, six strikeouts. Wow. That's a terrible way to go out. But that's how it happened. Uh, shame. It's a shame, but it is what it is, man. Congrats to Mississippi State. They went out and took it. Very inspirational performance. Uh, okay. Name, Im- image, and likeness is finally happening. Uh, NCAA players, all NCAA players can get paid for their name, image, and likeness effective immediately. So, right off the bat, I see Jocelyn Allo put out a statement. I mean, come on. She was the softball player of the year. And she's beautiful. So, <laughs> so she could definitely make money off Instagram alone. And who knows what type of endorsement she can get locally because the softball team is popular in Oklahoma. Who knows? The sky's the limit for her. She put out a statement. She came out with a website. Spencer Rattler, who's definitely more popular nationally, um, he got a website. He got an endorsement deal with Raising Canes. Um, I'm hearing, yeah, Master P's son got a $2 million endorsement deal, even though we don't even know what college is he even going to. Uh, it doesn't matter. He already got, I mean, he already set up with his father, and now you about to get an endorsement deal right off the jump? Man, blessed. Blessed. I'm just I just want to see how far this goes and how much money some of these folks are gonna make. But it's clear that not everyone's gonna make money. Uh someone brought up on the radio that there's a chance that there might be resentment towards the players that are really making money from this. It could be. I hope not. That would suck. But I think that would only happen if your locker room is toxic and not made of the right stuff. Uh, we'll see, though. Only a few, only the most popular athletes are going to make money, and it's a game changer. It can be a game changer. But at the end of the day, the rich are still going to get richer, and the poor will get poorer. That's just how it works in college sports. <clears throat> the bigger schools have even more of a platform 
to give people to increase their brand. Like, that just helps them even more. And Dabo Sweeney backtracked on players getting paid. Eh, I mean, you don't want to say you're against name, image, and likeness when you got to recruit and get players. Come on. It's a business decision. Even if you kind of disagree with it, it's a business decision to say, no, nah, no, nah, I, ain't, I ain't for that. I mean, I, I, I changed my mind. You know, I'm with, I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> even if he tech, even if you don't really believe it, or maybe he got educated on what this nil actually is, and maybe that's how he changed his mind. Who knows? Who knows? All right, Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor. Wow, I did not think I would speak on this. I was going back and forth. Should I speak on this? Should I not? Because I crushed hard on both women. Rachel Nichols, I've crushed on Rachel Nichols since 2009. Since the end of high school, I've crushed on Rachel Nichols. And she's a local. She's from the DMV. I forgot what school she went to, but it wasn't in my conference or anything. But she's from here. She got her start here in D.C. So, you know, I've definitely thought, you know, think highly of her. And she's very attractive, obviously. Maria Taylor um, burst on the scene. I started noticing her about 2015, 2016, probably 2016, actually. The only time I saw her in person was when she was doing the sidelines for the Ohio State-Oklahoma game. Me and my man, Zach, another Zach attack mention. Um, we saw her, and she towered over us. Like, <laughs> we 5'11", 5'10", 6 feet, something like that. This girl towered over us, and she looked beautiful. She was beautiful. Still is, still is, still beautiful to this day. To this day. So both beautiful women had crushes on both of them. And it's like, still like them. And then this comes out with Rachel Nichols being caught on tape in her bubble hotel room. Saying that, uh... You know, she got taken off the NBA Finals last year. And it's like, she said that ESPN has done a terrible job with diversity. And there's been articles about them not having the right culture with women and minorities. (laughs) Like, you talk about Washington Redskins. Like, these guys are just as bad. As far as workplace workplace culture and how they treat women. So, yeah, she know that. And then this was two months after the George Floyd killing. That that plays a role in this too, by the way. But they just... But Rachel was upset that she was taken off of it because it was in her contract to do the NBA Finals. She just thought it just wasn't fair that they took her off of it to put Maria Taylor on just to um, turn around their culture of diversity. Like, to turn around their culture of a lack of diversity. Basically, you know, they're trying to get woke and putting Maria Taylor helps. But to be honest, you got to remember... That after the George Floyd killing, like, Maria Taylor went off. Like, she had that crazy monologue on one of these uh, shows. And she went viral. See, her popularity skyrocketed. Well, she became more polarizing. Like, not everyone loves her. And not everyone loves her now. (laughs) I think it's even worse now. I think she's even more polarizing now. But her... Her brand, her popularity was higher than it ever been. And more people were checking for her than Rachel. 
So it might have been a ratings move to take Rachel off and put Maria Taylor on because her popularity was sky high. And ESPN was trying to uh, be more diverse and trying to do their part and basically, man, just the period of time that we were in where we just addressing <laughs> just I, I I'm trying I'm trying to say it, man. I'm trying to say it. We just addressing things we should have addressed a long time ago with, with race and culture. You know, like 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 systematic racism and, and stuff like that. Um, they're just trying to just be more diverse. But Maria Taylor' popularity was sky high, so they made that that tough move of taking Rachel off of the NBA off of hosting the NBA Finals. I mean, to be honest, man. I don't really watch that stuff. Like, real sports fans don't really, really watch the pregame. Don't really care about the interviews. Like, we just want to see the game. Like, LeBron James was playing in the bubble, and he was in the finals. Like, we wanted to see that. Like, we don't really care about all that extra stuff, to be honest. I guess enough people do that they care about their image and how they look. So, they just decided to put... Maria Taylor up there. I just think, to sum everything up, I just think Rachel Nichols was just salty. Was just salty. And she know how the ESPN execs operate. She knows her history with them. So she just thought that they weren't doing this. They weren't doing this with, you know, good faith. They weren't doing this. They were doing this for the wrong reasons. That's what she was thinking. But it just... She may or may not be racist. I don't know. But I just think she was salty and spoke out of emotion. And, and you know, her personal experiences with executives. But it's just... It's still a bad look. Because it just makes it seems... Just make it seems like... Uh, She's just jealous of a black person having success and leapfrogging her. Like, that's what it looked like. That's what it sounds like. Even though I don't really think that's the case, that's what it looked like. It's not good. It's just got people just looking at her different. I don't hate her or nothing. I don't dislike her. Do I uh, do I give her a side eye now? Do I kind of look at her a little different myself? Yeah, kind of. But you just got to think about it from her point of view. Work so hard. It's in your contract. You work so hard to get to this point. I mean, Maria did too. But it just made it seem like that Maria Taylor was like undeserving and not as good as her. That's what it made it seem like. It's a bad look. Um at the end of the day, Maria Taylor got a contract coming up. This may or may not prompt her to demand more money. This may or may not give her a leverage in the negotiation to stay at ESPN. May or may not. Uh, we'll see. But the contract's coming up. And Rachel Nichols, we'll see how her future goes. Well, she's still on the jump. I think what's going to happen is Rachel's going to stay on the jump maybe for the rest of the year, and then that show is probably just going to disappear. Now, I don't know what she's going to do. She's left the network before. And when she came back to the network, I was excited. I might even have tweets about it. But I can see them both leaving. Like, there's a chance that they both might leave. There's a chance that they both might stay. 
All I know is I, I'm keeping I'm keeping my eye on it. <laughs> Do I crush on these women less now than before? Yeah, yeah, but it, it's okay. They still fine. <laughs> they still fine. But at the end of the day, they also they also human, and you know they have emotions and values and, and feelings. I gotta gotta remember that in this whole uh, situation. You know, they're, they're, they're regular people when you strip off all that makeup and express prestige and stuff. So, all right, principles of GOAT level. So off the top of my head. All right, so <laughs> I developed these principles over the years since I created GOAT level in 2018. So the first one is like affirmations. Like I'm still the goal. I'm still the greatest of all time. I'm the best ever. I'm like that. Stuff like that. You know, you gotta say that you're you're the best. You gotta just take that out. You take the losses because it's the losses that provide lessons that'll make you a legend. That's why you just take that out. Embrace yourself. Embrace yourself. Love you. I have a problem with that. See, I have a problem doing most of the stuff on these lists. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I promise you, I'll get there. Uh, Attack fear. Attack fear. Like, fear is just damaging. Uh, Healthy fear is fine. Unhealthy fear is just going to mess you up and uh, hold you back. I'm trying to... (laughs) I was trying to think. I was trying to think of the other ones. I was trying to think. Oh man, be the calmest person in the room. You gotta have that poise. You don't see, man. You don't see. You don't see Jordan. You know, worrying and being too nervous and stuff. You know, he know what he's supposed to do. He practices over and over again. He's coming in there to take what's his. You know what I'm saying? It's I, that could be part of attack fear too. You know, just be the calmest person in the room, and don't forget the the smile. Huh. I might be missing one more principle, but those those are the biggest ones for sure. Uh, tell yourself you're the goat. Affirmations. Uh, just take that L. Embrace yourself. Attack fear. Be the calmest person in the room. Also, some supplemental ones is make everyone around you better. Because that's what the greats do. Just being around them and playing with them, they uplift the team. They make the team better. That's what Tom Brady did. And he led his team to a championship and an undeserved ESPY award. Just because he decided to go to Tampa Bay. He made everyone else better. And also, you got to make it look easy. You know what I'm saying? It may not be easy, but with the with practice and faith and confidence and, you know, drive and passion, you can make whatever you set out to make look easy. Just like in my Madden League, if I... If I practice harder and played more often, I can make it look easy and just blow everybody out and make it look easier than it really is. That's what you got to do when you're on that GOAT level. You got to make it look easy. <laughs> oh, man. But someone who was on brand was, was Chris Paul. It's Chris Paul. You know what I'm saying? He was a legend. He's a legend. Uh, he embraced himself. He attacked fear. And he went out and balled despite all the critics, despite having a bad game three, despite being injured, despite all of that. He came back. I mean, he he's one of the main people that just took that L and came back killing. And now, that, now all them L's is leading to this big W, which is... Could turn in 
to an NBA championship. That is just GOAT level stuff. And he made everyone around him better. See, this team, just like with Tom Brady and the Bucks, this team didn't make the playoffs. And now it looked like they're about to win the title. So he made everyone around him better. And, you know, he, he makes it look easy. With years and years of work, years and years of work that he put in working on his game, he just made it look easy in game six. See, just GOAT-level behavior. GOAT-level behavior. You got to love it. He's very on brand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. In this hypothetical game of the episode, it is the Washington Mystics versus the Washington Wizards. Battle of the Sexes, D.C. basketball, but this time in a game of dodgeball. This is going to be vicious. I'm about to go off the dome because I forgot to script this. But I promise you, it's going to be a good one. But for the Wizards, (laughs) for the Wizards. You got Westbrook, Beal, Rui Hachimura, Davis Bertans, Gafford, Daniel Gafford, Denny Avia, Raul Neto, Ish Smith, Robin Lopez. For the Mystics, you got Tina Charles, Elena Deladon, T Cloud, Natasha Cloud, Ariel Atkins. Maisha Hines Allen, Leilani Mitchell, Teresa Passant, Shavante Zealous, uh, Walker Kimbrough. Uh, I forgot her first name. <laughs> I forgot. I should have wrote down her first name. I thought I knew it. But yeah, Walker Kimbrough. Okay, some of these guys are hurt on both teams. But screw it. Screw it. Screw it. Screw it. I. If I was going to include people who are currently injured, I probably should have included Thomas Bryant. But we running it. We running it anyway. We running it anyway. So they both rush. They both rush to the middle. And just like that, Westbrook gets out Cervante Zealous. And then Walker Kimbrough gets out Ronetto. So both, both. Teams got a player out. Westbrook and Bill just start annihilating people. They got Maisha out. They got Ariel out. They got Leilani out. Leilani out. Then they got Teresa out. So now (laughs) the Wizards have pretty much seven of their eight guys on. And all that's left is T. Cloud, Elena Deladon, uh, Tina Charles, and Walker Kimbrough. So, Wizards got seven. Mystics got eight. I mean, Wizards got seven. The Mystics got four people left. So then Tina Charles and Natasha Klaus start going on a run on their own. They got Bertans out. They got Rui out. And they got Gaffer out. So now both both teams got four people left. So it's Rui. So it's Rui and Bill. Denny. No, they got five. They got five. Denny, Ish, and Robin. Okay. So then. So then. Natasha Cloud. Gets. Natasha Cloud gets Robin Lopez out. Now we're real. Now we're really tired. <laughs> We're tied for real now. <laughs> oh man, it's on. And then they go back and forth, and all of a sudden, when the when the dust settles, it's it's Tina, it's uh Tina Charles and Natasha Cloud versus Westbrook and Bill. It's a showdown. 
So who's going to win? Who's going to come out on top? They throw some balls at each other. They're both ducking and dodging. It's it's looking good. It's it's a classic. Both both teams on both sidelines are cheering each other or cheering their teammates on. And now all of a sudden, Tina Charles gets out Bradley Bill. And now it's Westbrook versus Tina Charles and Natasha Cloud. So now, oh, Italy won. Congrats to Italy. <laughs> but anyway, back to regularly scheduled programming. So now Westbrook has to face Tina Charles and Natasha Cloud. So he somehow gets away and escapes from the double team from Tina Charles and Natasha Cloud. They both go high low. They threw it high, threw it low, and Westbrook dodges both of them. Then Westbrook catches a ball from Tina Charles, getting her out. So now it is Westbrook versus Natasha Cloud. Natasha Cloud misses. And as she was running back to get another ball, Westbrook drills her. And the Wizards win. And the Wizards win the hypothetical game of the episode. So there you go. That's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. And you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.